We can't blame Martha for wanting to serve well. While she sat at the Savior's feet, her mind was somewhat divided. She was listening in one hand, but glancing at the kitchen at the other, and thinking of what she could do to fully and properly entertain her special guest of the day. And so she was filled with much serving, we are told here in verse 30. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. And I think in that is a clue to Martha's problem. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. And as we come up to Mother's Day, we have a message on mothers. How much do you value your mother? How much should a Christian thank God for a godly mother? One who reads the Bible, one who walks with God, sings his praises, and lives in sweet fellowship with Christ. What an influence in a home such a mother can be. And at the close of our service today, we have a few particular tributes, one from Mr. Spurgeon on his godly mother. And our message from the pulpit of our church today is on Mary and Martha. Of course, it was Mary that chose the good part. She is the one that sat at Jesus' feet to learn of him. And she is an example that every Christian woman ought to be a student of the Bible, to love the Lord's Word, to feast upon it, and to let that Word be the strength of our daily living. Uh, Women need help. They need encouragement. They need strength and reassurance. And that is to be found in the very Scriptures of Truth. My prayer is that through our message, as we let the Bible speak from the pulpit of our church, that your heart will be encouraged and that you will be strengthened in your care of husband, home, and family to be God's instrument for blessing. Well, as you know, I read together there in Luke 10 of Mary and Martha sitting at Jesus' feet. That has become something of a cliche now in Christian circles. Uh, We talk about, we pray about sitting at Jesus' feet, learning of Him. Now, we, of course, come to God's house, and uh, we uh, sit under His Word. We hear that Word of, of the gospel. We rejoice in it. And in that way, we can speak of sitting at Jesus' feet. And so we trust that that will be true today as we come. Now, mothers and ladies and girls as well, and I'm not sure, I'm not even going to begin to try and work out those categories, but uh, I'm obliged and happily obliged today uh, to speak a word uh, to your heart. And I trust that you will be as Mary and Martha. Now, Mary in particular, because she was a woman of the Word. And this is my title as we look at Mary, who did so well to discipline herself to continue to sit at the Savior's feet. 
Now, I know that there are many Marthas here today, so uh, I, I want to say a few things about Martha and that very heart that Martha had. And what a ministry the Lord conducted in private homes. When the Lord visited homes, He didn't always do miracles, but He always spoke the Word. And He had a right word in season for each in every heart. And no wonder that He was invited in, and He ministered God's truth to hearts. And this was a rare opportunity for these two sisters. It may have been the first time that the Lord came into that home. We know that he frequented it more commonly, and uh, when Lazarus was ill, well, the Lord was sent for that he would visit that home. So what shall we say for Martha, who has got the name here of being a fussing woman? Have you ever seen a fussing woman? Have you ever seen someone who was beside herself, cumbered with care? Uh, you can picture of her, of course, in the kitchen. Uh, she's got the sweat on her brow. She's got the apron on. And in the midst of all the things that she's trying to accomplish, the door rings. And then she just grabs her apron, and she's wringing that apron. And you can just see the immediate fuss that she's making. Who is it? What can they want? And I can't leave the stove, and I've got all these things that I'm trying to do. Well, we have to put Martha into that category. But note these few things for which Martha cannot be blamed. She's the one that invited the Lord into her home. We're told in that verse 38 that she received. And what a reception she gave. There is a royal treatment here in that word, received. She didn't just fling the door open and go back to her pots. I'm sure there was a royal welcome for the Lord. We also find here <clears throat> that Martha was interested in what the Lord had to say because she also sat at the Savior's feet. That's what this passage tells us, that she was also sitting at the feet of the Lord Jesus. She didn't immediately skate off into the kitchen and attend to all the practical things that need to be done, but rather she too sat at the Savior's feet. We can't blame Martha for wanting to serve well. While she sat at the Savior's feet, her mind was somewhat divided. She was listening in one hand, but glancing at the kitchen at the other, and thinking of what she could do to fully and properly entertain her special guest of the day. <clears throat> and so she was filled with much serving, we are told here in verse 30. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. And I think in that is a clue to Martha's problem. She wanted to do it well. She wanted to do it fully. She wanted to see what extra she could add. She was cumbered with this much serving. A little something was not enough for this guest that had come to her home, and so she felt constrained to do all that she could. 
Another thing that I'd like to commend Martha for, because she does sort of get the short end in this story. She tends to be the one that's looked upon as, as not as bright and not as spiritual and not as godly. But I'd like to point out that she welcomed Mary's help. In the verse 40, uh, she went to the Lord and said, Dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? If Martha had been filled with pride, she would have said, Well, I'll do it myself, and I'll show, well, I could do it my way and just prove what a cook I am and how I can present it all so beautifully and I'll show that Mary up sitting at Jesus' feet all the time, listening to him, just how lazy she is. No, she wanted Mary and welcomed her to come and help and be a part of presenting whatever she would bring to the Lord. So the question is, where did Martha go wrong? Well, there's a few key words in verse 41. There's three of them, actually. The first one was careful, and that word is anxious. She was anxious. If ever there was a gentle, compassionate visitor and guest that understood the immediacy of the situation, it was the Lord Jesus. But this just was Martha. She was anxious. In verse 41 also, you'll see the word that she was troubled, troubled. Something soured the sweetness of the occasion. The thing she wanted to do, the attention she wanted to give to the practical, spoiled the sweetness of the spiritual, of sitting at the Savior's feet to hear his word. And it spoiled her peace, it spoiled her joy. Her heart was troubled. And there are Marthas here today as well. And it seems in the daily routine and walk of life uh, that the anxiety and the cares spoil the joy of Christian living. And instead of your home being a place of victory, it's a place of trouble. The other thing I notice in verse 41 that we could blame Martha about was she was troubled about many things. She couldn't settle on one thing. And how often this is the case. It's not just one thing. It's the many things. It's the extra things. It's the amount of things that were flooding through her mind, the attention that she was wanting to give to them that drew her attention away from sitting at the Savior's feet. And I hope that the Lord today will bless these few thoughts to every Martha in our congregation. Moms, tend to become Marthas. Now, you young ladies that are not yet married, you might say, well, that'll never happen to me. When you get that first child, it will happen to you. Those hours of anxiety, that fussing spirit, and the reality of many things that just seem to steal away the simplicity and the joy of life. Is it the genes? Is it just the way I made? And some people brush it off at that. 
Or maybe it's the guilt. The last time I blew it. I want to double my effort this time. And so it's a labor of guilt. Well, we hope it's grace. Just that godly servant attitude, which the Lord honors and the Lord blesses. How thankful we men and all who are children are blessed because God has given wives and mothers a servant spirit, a desire to do it all and do it well, that for which we ought to be very, very thankful. But it's Mary that we want to focus on today. Mary gets the title of being a woman of the Word. The Lord Jesus said that she chose the good part. And if you're a Mary, your Bible will be well-worn. It'll be known that you're a Mary. And each day you will take time with the Lord, one-to-one, just sitting at Jesus' feet, as we say. Now, the Lord is not with us in body. We don't have the physical body of the Lord Jesus. But there is that devotion where we come under his headship. We recognize that he is the author of the book, and we come to learn of him. And we take that private time with the Lord in devotion. And you come to be known as a woman of the word, that you're feeding your soul, you're delighting your heart in those little joyful moments with the Savior in his word, and what a blessing it brings to your heart. Now, the Lord Jesus, of course, being the Son of God, is full of grace and truth, and we can all do what Mary did, sit at his feet in this spiritual manner. Now, there's a few things about Mary that I want to point out. Firstly is her desire. This is not to be unnoticed. The first thing we learn about Mary, uh, which really impresses us, that uh, also she sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. In that last, if that last statement was missing, that she just sat at his feet but didn't hear his word, that her mind was on something else, that her ears were stopped, stopped, that she had really just a dutiful outward conformity, it's that last part that, that shows us the heart of Mary and the hearer that she was. She heard his word. This hearing of God's word as Mary did is really a gift from God. There are millions of women in the world today that have no ear to do what Mary did. No desire, no, no profit in sitting at the Savior's feet whatsoever. But Mary's desire makes her stand out as that woman of the Word. She was deeply moved, not by guilt, but by grace. And her desire was to learn of the Savior. This is one of the ongoing miracles of the gospel, that in every age God raises up men and women who love his Word, we think sometimes the church will die. We think sometimes that there's this Bible, why do we keep printing it? It will cease one day to be the best-selling book in the world. God, in grace, gives certain people an ear, a desire, 
to hear and rejoice in his word. And if this desire has been planted in your heart, rejoice. This is God's gift to you. This is what marks you out from the women of the world. For those that are serving the flesh and the things of vanity, and your heart that is moved to be a true living disciple of the Lord Jesus. There are many women in the world who just live so aimlessly. Their lives are empty. They might be fascinated by the jewelry and all the outward adornment of this world, but inside their hearts are empty and hollow. They don't know what you know. They don't have the joy that you have of sitting at the Savior's feet and learning of his word. And this desire is the mark of a born-again Christian, the woman who says, I have no interest in the Bible. I never spend a moment of my day reading the Bible or thinking about a text of Scripture. It's not just on my radar. If that person was to say, I'm a Christian, we would have a huge question mark right a moment. We would wonder, can they really be saved and no interest in the Bible? Surely the mark of one who is born again is that they're born of the Word. That's how the Spirit of God regenerates us, through the Word. And that delight in the Word only grows and develops as the Christian goes on with God. The motto of the Christian is, Man, woman, shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. How precious that word becomes. And whether it is the personal reading of it, or maybe some devotional that helps you to understand that portion of Scripture, or it's the preaching of the Bible in God's house, then that's a joyful time. And it reaches the heart, and it ministers to the heart, and it marks you as one of the Lord's. Born of the Spirit, with a new nature and a new heart. The worldly women, and men too, think of what they feed their minds upon. Thinking of women, if you ever go to a, used to be called a news store, a corner store, uh, maybe at the airport you might see stores that have all kinds of displays of magazines. And you can only look at those magazines in amazement, the variety of them. And the many that are focused on women, fashion, uh, dress, entertainment, and it's quite endless, the whole charade of, of reading for women. And then if you go into the romance novels and that section of literature that really is geared for the romantic mind, and all of it is vanity. Now, the women of the world love it. That's why there's so many out there being sold, millions of them being sold. That's why those novels are bestsellers, because there's an appetite amongst women, worldly women, to feed their flesh and their vanity on those empty things. I will add to that list television, soap, uh, programs, and it's very gripping. And many women spend hours and hours and hours per week 
either in magazines, novels, TV soaps, those things that are just targeted to feed the worldly mind. And the person that does that, well, either they're not a Christian or they're fighting a terrible battle with temptation. The Christian woman, the the Mary who is sitting at Jesus' feet, has chosen the good part, has said no to those things that are but vanity, a, a waste of time and effort, and a diversion from the truth. And so our prayer would be for you, kill the worldly talk and the gossip of those things. Kill them. Don't allow that temptation to control your life. And the power of these things are powerful. They are tempting. And over time, they do great damage. And so when we see that in a godly home, that these things are banished, and these things are overcome, and the godly woman is doing what Mary is doing, sitting at Jesus' feet. Now remember the cliché. I'm not talking literally here. I'm talking about that personal devotional time you have with your Lord, those precious moments that you spend with your Savior. And the desire for that is the mark of grace in your heart and the mark of delight in your Lord. You've chosen the good part. Men may scale the highest mountain and descend the deepest sea, but no one could ever measure God's great love at Calvary. Love of Christ so and tender love so merciful and free far beyond all comprehension is the love of Christ for me try to live without him and his beauty never see I shall ever sing his praises for the love he gave to me love of Christ so pure and Love so merciful and free, far beyond all comprehension is the love of Christ.
listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale. What a joy to bring you the message of God's Word today. We're coming up to Mother's Day, and I hope you haven't forgotten. Remember that this coming Sunday is the day when here in Canada and many other nations, we remember the blessing of mothers, those who brought us into the world in their own womb, those who nurtured us, have cared for us, and by God's grace have prayed for us that we might know God and serve him. Mr. Spurgeon's tribute to his mother is this. I cannot tell how much I owe to the solemn words and prayers of my good mother. It was the custom on Sunday evenings while we were children for her to stay at home with us. We sat around the table and read verse by verse while she explained the scripture to us. After that was done, then came the time of pleading with God. Some of the words of our mother's prayers we shall never forget, even when our heads are gray. I remember her once praying thus, Now, Lord, if my children go on in sin, it will not be from ignorance that they perish, and my soul must bear a swift witness against them at the day of judgment if they lay not hold of Jesus Christ. Billy Sunday tells of a minister who was making calls. He came to a certain home and asked for the mother, but the child opening the door answered, You cannot see mother, for she prays from nine to ten. He waited forty minutes to see that mother, and when she came out of her prayer closet, the light of glory was on her face, and he knew why that home was so bright. He knew why her two sons were in the ministry, and why her daughter was a missionary. All hell cannot tear a boy or girl away from a praying mother, comments Mr. Sunday. Susanna Wesley, with 17 children, spent one hour each day shut up with God alone in a room, praying for them. And her two sons, under God, brought revival to England, while France weltered in the blood of a ghastly revolution. Oh, the value of a godly mother. And here is why John McNeil preached. It is said that when John McNeil, who became himself a great Scotch preacher, had heard a minister preach and had determined to be a Christian, he went to his home and found his mother sleeping. Entering her room, he roused her and told her that he had become a Christian and that he had hoped to preach. Putting her arm around his neck, she said to him, Johnny, my lad, I prayed for this before you were born. And, of course, many of the blessings that come to homes, to families, and in God's grace to the hearts of his people is channeled through the godly prayers of mothers. And so when we salute mothers and remember them, we give God the praise for putting in the heart of mothers his grace, his spirit, and answering their prayers. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to 
www.ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast, and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the home page of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music